All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just love that piano intro. That's the incredible Whitney Houston again. I love that song. I'm going to play it its entirety in the future. But this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia again. This is a tip from Gilbert. It's a new idea on this wonderful station, KWWJ. I know a lot of us love to hear gospel music, so please don't touch that dial. For 45 minutes, we're going to have a tip from me, a tip from Gilbert, and that's talk inspiration and prayer and we're doing this every monday from 11 to 11 45 here on 1360 am kwwj and 96.9 fm and then of course you can call in that's the only way this show is going to really be successful call in call in call in 281-837-2222 so it's an easy number 281-837 all twos and then you can email me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. And I know JJ Williams sent me a nice uh, email the other day. So I just want to say, Mr. Williams, thank you for that wonderful email. I know he was commenting on one of our guests, Pastor Wooten, who wrote that incredible book, From Hell to Glory. And he's been there from hell to glory. And of course, now it's all glory with him. And so today we're going to do a couple of things. I'm going to sort of mention a, a nonprofit. I'm going to try something interesting, which is I'm giving a lead in for next week where I'm going to give away some Astros tickets next week. I'll explain why in a moment. We do have Pastor Ben Lewis who will be with us later on today. He's going to give us a prayer. And again, we're going to talk a little bit about Louisiana because I know a lot of us here in Houston have friends from Louisiana, or we like Louisiana, we've been to Louisiana, we love food in Louisiana, you know, some of us love the Saints, I know my son's a Drew Brees fan, so we're going to talk a little bit about those folks in Louisiana and what they're going through. But before we do that, we're not going to always play a song, but I want to play a song, I've gotten a good response from some of the songs that we've chosen, I know it may not be gospel, but this is a song by The Birds. And it's called Turn, Turn, Turn. And what's amazing about it is the entire words are adapted word for word from the English King James Version of Ecclesiastes uh, verse 3, no, chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. The entire thing except the turn, turn, turn part. And I'm just going to go through it because a lot of you may know it from the Bible when it says to everything, and then in the song it says turn, 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 and then it goes, there is a season, and then the song goes turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven. Beautiful words. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to laugh, a time to weep. It's the most beautiful thing, and these folks, the birds, put it to music, and it became just a... Uh, one of the most popular hits in the 60s and really became not only a, a song of love and joy, but a song of peace. And again, the very last thing says, a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. And in my view, it's never too late for peace. So Mr. Producer, if you could just turn on for us, turn, turn, turn from the birds. And please enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. 
ladies and gentlemen, I just love that song. I hope you do too. And I tell you, it's never too late for a time for love. And it's never too late for a time for peace. Never. And someone, you know, I'd like to think I'm young. Producer, I'd like to think I'm young. But, you know, sometimes I'm reminded that I'm old. Uh, I remember I was taking martial arts class one time and a lot of the young kids, I, I heard them say, don't go near the old ball guy. And I thought to myself, I looked around, who's the old ball guy? And then all of a sudden I, I noticed it, they were talking about me. So I don't know. They remind me every now and then. But ultimately, I remember during the Vietnam War when there was the helicopter and they were trying to get out. I remember that. And I was a young man. I was a young boy, not a young man, a young boy. And seeing those pictures of Afghanistan and all the soldiers leaving, uh, of the people leaving, trying to get on that plane, that just shows you the desperation there. And, you know, I, my heart goes out to all those men and women who serve our nation so valiantly. And sometimes you got to look back and say they were there and how many thousands died, how many thousands were hurt, and how many thousands of civilians were injured. And let me just remind everyone that a time for peace I swear, it's not too late. And so continuing again, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer, 11 to 1145, 281-837-2222. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. I know we have a guest soon, but I want to talk about New Orleans uh, or Louisiana. And, you know, you got to hand it to this Mr. Mattress Mac. Uh, You know, I, I don't really know him, but golly... I read that he is sending 30 trucks. Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? 30 trucks loaded with relief supplies to the region that was all hurt by Hurricane Ida. Uh, and I know that Lakewood Church, I mean, I, I just love the good things that Lakewood Church does. They're going to host a two-day supply drive for Hurricane Ida relief. If we get some of the information on that, we'll say it on the air but I just tip my hat to people who rally behind to help others because that's what this world is about. And when you see these things going on in Austin and things in Washington and all this meanness and friends being separated, not being able to work together, my heart aches for all of that because it can't be very fun. But then I, my heart is relieved and I get a warm feeling when I hear about things like 30 trucks being sent by Mattress Mac and Lakewood Church host, hosting a two-day supply drive. Uh, we, we need more of that. I'm told that from the Hurricane Ida that a million customers in Louisiana are without power. Without power. I know a lot of Houstonians have family there. We've been there. If you've got family there, feel free to call in anytime now and just tell us about it. Uh, I know their 911 is disrupted. I know there was some flooding. Uh, we have lived hurricanes here in Houston. I remember my first hurricane was in Corpus Christi, Texas. I was about five or six years old. I think I was six years old. Hurricane Celia. And I remember it. We were all there scared. We were in a closet together, my siblings and I, and we had candles and all those things. That was my first one. And think about the young kids today. We think they they don't know, but they're going to remember these things. They're going to remember these hurricanes. They're going to remember COVID. They're going to remember and tell their kids, I remember the day that I had to wear a mask to school, the day that I had to have this plastic shield. I couldn't play with my friends. So these things have an impact on these kids. 
I saw that there's an Austin hotel group that's giving free rooms, and I'm sure there are some in Houston, but I saw it in Austin uh, to evacuees. How incredible. Uh, my, my hat goes off to them for rallying behind people that are most in need, and those are those Hurricane Ida victims. We all remember Katrina and all the sad things we saw and all the pain and disruption and I think a lot of those folks, that wound is probably still deep. It's probably still open. So for them, please have faith uh, because I think God has a way and some of us are instruments on earth for him. And uh, that's Mattress Mac, Lakewood, and others. But I'm going to try to do a giveaway. So this gives people plenty of time to rally behind and call in for next week. So next week... I am a sponsor of the Una Noche con los Astros. So that's a night with the Astros. And this is the Lulac Council number 60. And it's Hispanic Heritage Day. So it's a fundraiser. But, you know, fund is fund, F-U-N-D, razor. But fun is also F-U-N, razor. And it's the Astros versus Arizona. And there's a bunch of seats that were purchased. And I want to thank... Uh, uh, Gracie Signs, who brought it to my attention. A lot of us know Gracie. She's an icon in the East End and in the community, having been a council member and so forth, having been a member of, um, I think she was Mayor Pro Tem, if I'm not mistaken, and she ran for mayor at one time, but she's a real icon there in the East End. And Jumpin' Jess Rodriguez, they both brought it to my attention. I think Jumpin' Jess, who's uh, very active in his church, and he uh, brought it to my attention. So I'm very happy to be sponsoring it. So what I'm going to do is next week, I'm going to give away four tickets. So call in if you want to see the Astros or call in if you just want to tell me, Gilbert, something as it's a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. So just call in. We're here every Monday from 11 to 11.45 on KWWJ, 1360 AM and 96.9 FM. Now, I know that I'm planning next week, if she can still make it, is a, a young lady, uh, Maritza. She, hopefully she'll be on. She's got uh, one or two dog parks. What I found fascinating about her is, number one, she's young, but yet she's very mature for her young 28 years of, of age on this planet because she's been a small business owner and she's been an entrepreneur. And she has almost 50 employees, but what was beautiful is to hear the love that people have for their animals. Uh, I know that uh, Gloria Zenteno is out there with Barrio Dogs, and I know she does a lot. Uh, oh, we have a call. Let's, listener, I mean, uh, listener, go ahead and tell me what you got. Yes, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Who is this? This is Pastor Lewis from the Greater Macedonia Baptist Church. Oh, I have you, Pastor. Well, very good. I didn't know that was you already. Pastor, how are you, my friend? All is well with no complaints, just thanking God for everything we have. Well, Pastor, I wanted to have you on the air because when I toured your church, and it must have been, I don't know, three years ago or four years ago or something like that, uh, I was just struck. It's been that long. <laughs> Has it been that long? I don't recall long, but, you know, time flies when you get to be my age there, Pastor. And I thank God for, you know, getting me up in the morning, as they say. But, Pastor, let me ask you this. Your church has been just a pillar in the community for how many years? 
Uh, our church just celebrated this past April 98 years. 98 years? Yes, sir. Come on, Pastor. That's incredible. So how many pastors, I mean, there must be a hall of pastors there, right? I mean, there's got to be something where we honor all the great pastors over those 98 years. So you are the what number of pastors? I am number nine. Number nine? How does it feel to be number nine in this incredible lineage that has helped so many people over this 98 years? Well, to me, it's an honor and a pleasure just to be considered a number uh, of those who have come through there and having the opportunity to try to continue to build on the legacy that they have uh, labored to make the community as well as the members that come through there much stronger uh, believers in Christ as well as doing so much for the community. Well, let me ask you this, Pastor. When did you know? Now, remember, I'm a, I'm just a, I don't know the right word. I'm like every other person. I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm just a normal person. But when did you get this calling? How did you know that you, that God was calling you? And when did that sort of hit you? Oh, wow. Um, I was um, fellowshipping uh, during that time, probably some 26 years ago. And I just felt like uh, there was something that the Lord was trying to convey to me. And I just um, could not understand what it was. And one of the young ladies at the church told me to pray and fast about it. And uh, when I went into prayer and fasting, that's when the Lord had revealed to me that he wanted me to step out on faith and uh, to preach his word. And so after I received that confirmation, there was a couple more things that transpired to assure that it was uh, the Lord calling and not just me. That is amazing. And, so, and it was from there that, you know, I understood that the Lord was calling me into the ministry to preach. And how long was that when you sort of, first of all, whoever gave you that advice, what a, a turn of events that was, because that person changed the lives of many people by, you know, getting you to take that moment to reflect. How long were you there in reflection, Pastor? Um, how long? Uh, were you fasting I, and praying before the message just hit you? Oh, I think I was probably about four months before um, I was able to stand to preach, um, just assuring that it was God who was calling me to preach and not just uh, me wanting to go. And that, um, I wasn't running from God. I was just assuring that it was God that was calling me and not uh, me uh, having a desire to do something on my own because, you know, I was just freshly getting back into church then and just was excited about doing ministry any way that um, opportunity would present itself. Well, Pastor, that's a beautiful thing. Let me ask you this. You know, I mentioned earlier in the show some of the p things people are doing to rally around New Orleans. Do you have any of your parishioners either from New Orleans or have friends of New Orleans or family? And, and what's what's happening there with the church in New Orleans? And um, and it might well, be too when, soon. When Katrina first hit about 16 years ago, we opened our church up to a lot of those who had come in during that time, and they stayed and became members of our church. 
until they was able to go back home. And even those today, we still recognize them as members of our church, but in another city. And so we do have, I would say, extended members there, as well as their family who are still in our church today. Uh, we haven't gotten the um, full update of uh, how it has greatly affected the community uh, for his death and all of that, but I do know that my members uh, in my church family are doing well. They was able to make it to safe haven. I was able to talk with a couple of pastors in the community um, last night about 12 o'clock, and they say they was doing fine, so we're still seeing if there's anything that we as a church uh, could do uh, to help them, whether it's, you know, gathering the necessities that may be beneficial to them. Well, let me ask you, Pastor, is there anything the church is doing right now that you want to let Houstonians know, any sort of food drives or any sort of, you know, work with young kids? Or what are some of the things that y'all are, are, are hot on the agenda there for the church and the community? And why don't you tell us a little bit about the well, church, where, where it is and everything else, the beautiful building, when it was built, etc. Okay, our church is called Greater Macedonia Baptist Church. We are located on the Beltway between I-10 and 290 on a street called Tanner Road. So we sit right there on the Beltway. Uh, right now, we have not started a food drive for the um, hurricane victims, but uh, we'll definitely be doing something uh, in the next couple of days to assure that we can be a blessing to them. And the building is so definitely be getting together doing something. Wonderful. The building, how long has the building been there? It struck me it's such an extraordinary building. Um, actually, our facility only been where it's located now since um, the year 2000. But prior to that, our church was on the same property, but it was facing a street that's called Dancy Road. And in 1999, during the expansion of the former pastor, the church caught on fire and burned down. And so after it burned down, we just decided not to build on the same uh, area, but to bring it to the Beltway and build on the Beltway instead of building back in the same location. How wonderful so, How wonderful um, that y'all were able to bounce back, Pastor. Yes. I mean, Pastor, did you hear me? I said how, how wonderful and... and Amen, that y'all were able to bounce back from that. Oh, yes. Um, we was, we, Greater Macedonia has always been under great leadership and uh, great visionary pastors that has always looked forward uh, to the future of doing things for the community as well as uh, for the members. So when we uh, first went down with the fire, we fellowshiped in the church with our wall facility over on Bingo Road. And then we was able to build our gym. And after we had built our gym, then we um, built the sanctuary, and then we walked into the sanctuary in 2000. So we wasn't off the property no longer than um, a year and a half at the most. That's wonderful. Now tell me, Pastor, if I'm not mistaken, you and your, you're married, right, Pastor? Yes, I am. Been married admit, 36 years. 36 um, years? That's what I... 24th of uh, August. Just celebrated 36 years. Pastor, come on. 36 years. 
I, I mean, some of our listeners might not even be. Lady Eleanor Lewis and have enjoyed every 36 years of it. Now, Pastor, some of our listeners might not even be 36 years old. Let me let me ask you this, Pastor. Some people, my wife and I have been married 23 years, and I'm married to a, a, a very, you know, hot-blooded, hot-tempered Latin woman, you know, and I love Dee Dee Garcia. And let me just tell you, sometimes we'll meet people, and they'll tell me, well, how long have you been married? And I'll say, well, we've been married 23 years, and it feels like yesterday. And my wife will say, well, we've been married 23 years, and it feels like 23 years. Now, I don't know what that means, Pastor, but, but <laughs> Pastor, what does that mean? It means something that yeah. it seems like yesterday to me, for her, it seems like 23 years. But I don't know what it means, but I'll, I'll sort of let you give me a, you might need to give us a short prayer before you go. But at the end of the day, what's the secret? And what do you tell your parishioners and your family, your community there when they talk about marriage and everything? I mean, what do you tell them? What's the way, the secret to being 36 years married? Well, the secret to being 36 years of marriage, I have always say, make sure she's happy at the end of the day. And if she's happy at the end of the day, then there'll be another day to come to make her happy again. And it, it'll wind up with 36 years. Uh, but no, I am truly married to a beautiful and blessed young lady who has poured into my life and has made me a better father, man, and pastor. So for that, I'm grateful, and I owe her uh, a great deal because um, she didn't marry a pastor. She didn't marry a preacher. And for her to give me the support that she did doing this, I mean, it's just phenomenal. Just think about that. Think about that for a minute, listener. So in other words, so here's a woman that married this young man, and all of a sudden he says, Honey, I got a calling from Christ. And she's like, wait a minute, what? Can you imagine that? I mean, think about, think about it from her point of view. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean you got this calling? Hold on. I, I, I didn't hear that phone ring. Um, you know, Pastor, I, I guess that's what happens when you think about these great people in the Bible. I mean, the Lord just called them, right? Whether it was, you know, Moses or whomever, right? I mean, they, the Lord just calls them. And it just happens that way, right? It happens. It happens, and you just have to be obedient to the call. Sometimes, even when you don't understand it, you just got to trust God and continue to walk um, until, you know, he, he reveals to you as you are walking the directions that he wants you to go. Now, have you performed a marriage? I have performed many marriages. I mean, as pastor, you, you perform marriage, ceremony, Christians, uh Hospital visits, I do it all. You know, I'm the kind, I'm a hands-on pastor, and out of all the members that uh, we have at our church, you know, I am very in touch with every member. I tell everyone we have over 470 some members, and I know every last one of them and their first cousin. And they all have my cell <laughs> numbers that they would call me with, you know, if their child have a football game or they're getting married or anything. I I am so in tune with my members, you know. I was always told if you're going to be a shepherd, you have to smell like the sheep. And so if you get close enough, you, you can tell I smell like the sheep. That's a beautiful thing. Well, can you imagine lots of marriage? I mean, I would love to just perform one. I mean, I, I don't know. There's just something magical 
about looking at these two people that are ready to commit their lives to each other. I mean, that just seems like such an extraordinary thing to say, you know, till death do us part. And I just think yeah. that's magical. Um, and, and I just would love to have, you know, I just think it would be such an incredible honor to marry two people. Oh, it is, it's a beautiful thing because uh, to take them through counseling and to watch them and to see how they uh, grow with each other, uh, how they learn who they are doing counseling, how they learn to trust one another, um, and then to see them unite. Then, you know, each year I usually have them to come back and uh, just tell me what they learned from one another um, and what they are doing to continue to make it such a beautiful occasion. Them, don't stop the honeymoon yet. Now, do you do baptisms? Do I do the what? A baptisms? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us. I have done many baptisms. We got we got to hear any. Do you have any funny stories? Like you know, did you drop the baby in the in the water? Like, oh, where's that baby? I mean, you know, I mean, there's got to be some humor somewhere in this string of baptisms. There, no, Pastor. no, that, that is too serious to look. <laughs> No. So you get you got to make sure. Okay, I got to hold this baby. I got to hold this baby, and of course the baby always cries, right, Pastor? Does the baby always cry more or less? Well, um, usually we we try to baptize those who understand and know what baptism is. So we, if we are not baptizing babies now, we're Christian babies now. There's a lot of funny stories about babies who we are Christian with God parents who. Don't want to sit still. Want to jump from hand to hand and do all of that. But uh, but when it comes to baptism, no, we we are just uh, doing those who understand what it is. Well, I think that's beautiful, Pastor. And if if I could trouble you, it'd be wonderful if you gave us a quick prayer. It doesn't have to be quick as in quick as in short, but a prayer because you know, with all the things going on in the world. We have a lot to be thankful for. And yeah. I, I know there's COVID, Pastor. I, I know there's, you know, there's hurricanes. I know there's these things. But for everything that there's a challenge, there's a beauty. And there's way more beauty. And when you look at the laughter in children, when you see birds in the sky and, and, and you see you know, beautiful flowers along the road that we just take for granted, these incredible trees, you know, to see a beautiful squirrels together. I mean, it's just such an incredible thing that we just walk by and we don't even notice sometimes, Pastor. But yet all those beauties are there for us. Uh, so, Pastor, it is. It, yes, it is. would you reflect on that? And, and then it'd be wonderful if you gave us a prayer there, Pastor. Yes. Well, like you say, with so much going on in the world today, um, we have uh, storms in uh, uh, Louisiana. We have our uh, servicemen trying to safely uh, get everyone out of Afghanistan. We are dealing with this COVID in, in the world. But with all of this going on, we're grateful that God is still in control and God um, has never you know, left us nor forsake us. So with that being said, let us go to God. Father, we come this evening to say thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your mercy. Father, we are grateful that you loved us in spite of us. 
Father, we ask you now to continue to watch those who are over in New Orleans or in Louisiana who are dealing with this storm that is coming through. We are praying, God, that you put your hedge of protection around them and keep them safe for all hurt, harm, and danger, my Father. And we are praying that they will come through it, my Father. Then, God, we ask you if you look over in Afghanistan to all our service members, all of our um, uh, friends and family who's there, praying, God, that you will allow them the safe exit to leave there and return to safe ground. Watch them and keep them, God, and bless them in a mighty way. Then, God, we are praying for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, 13, who was killed over in Afghanistan, my father. We are praying that you would bless their family and keep their family, God, as only you can. God, we are praying for all of those who are suffering with this COVID, whether it's suffering with it in their bodies or suffering with it with a loved one who's um, suffering with it right now. Father, in times like these, when we want to be close to them, uh, we are unable to because there are so much restrictions. But God, we say thank you for smiling on us and thank you for keeping us. Praying now, God, that you will forgive us of all of our sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness and allow it, allow it to rise no more as we run this Christian race. Father, I'm praying now in the name of Jesus, if you would surround us with positive-minded people who are going to pour into our life spiritually, God, as we continue this Christian journey. We say thank you now for Brother Gilbert, who has started this radio program to be an inspiration to those who need it. We're praying, God, that there will be many testimonies that will come out of it for the guests that he have on. Father, this is the prayer I pray in your son Jesus' name, asking for all of these blessings. Amen. Pastor, that was a beautiful prayer. And uh, we got another call, Pastor. Pastor, I uh, I say thank you, my friend. Yes, sir, and I'll see you soon. Caller, I think we have another call. Feel free, caller. You're on with a tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer. What do you got? Hey, Gilbert, this is Claude Cummings. How are you? Mr. Claude Cummings, how are you, my friend? <laughs> Man, I'm doing fine. I uh, I couldn't hear the uh, the other callers, but I understand that you, you're asking what is the key to a long marriage. Yes, but Mr. C for those of you who don't know Mr. Claude Cummings, he is a legend. He's one of our community leaders. He's one of the most senior union leaders in America, but he's really just an overall gentleman. Uh, and his son is a pastor. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Cummings, how long have you been married? Man, I've been married 50 years. As a matter of fact, did you say why I did, did, did you say you're asking that question. Wait, did you say Ruth 50? Ruth and I are actually in Reno right now. We're celebrating our 50th uh, anniversary, which is going to take place tomorrow on the 31st. Wait. And, uh, and I'll tell everybody the key to that, uh, because we have never been separated. We've never spent a day away from each other uh, in anger. And even when we have our disagreements, you know, we talk through them. You know, we don't get angry with each other and, and, and leave and spend a night someplace else and all that kind of stuff. So it's been 50 years, really, of mutual love and respect for each other. Simple simple as that. Uh, we give each other space when uh, when needed. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't uh, look in her purse for different stuff. I don't go looking for anything. She doesn't go looking for anything on me. Uh, it's just mutual mutual love and respect. That is what uh, has uh, 
has caused us to be, to be able to, um, to survive, you know, and I don't know if survive is a good word, but to, to be together 50 years without there being any type of separation of any type uh, in the entire 50 years that we've been married. Mr. Clark Cummins, 50 years, 5-0, that's 50 years. Amen. I, I, I so hope I can meet your wife sometime. Let me ask you this. When you first got married 50 years ago, did you ever think you'd be here celebrating 50 years? Man, I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, can you? I, had, I mean, think about that. 50 years. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I really, really had no idea. But I do know this. When we got married, the first thing that we said to each other, is that we would never leave uh, each other angry, and we'd never go to bed, uh, never go to sleep uh, angry with each other. We would always talk through because, you know, being Christians like we both are, we understood clearly that uh, that we could get called home by God at any time. So we did not want to go to sleep and um, and, and be angry, you know, with each other. And so we've always talked through uh, our issue, and being quite honest, we've never had really any real bad disagreements about things because she always consults with me on uh, things that she wants to do, even in her business. Um, and it's her business, her print shop is her business, and I don't try to run it; I let her run it. But she will, she will um, occasionally ask me advice about things, and I'll give it to her. And even in my business with the communications uh, and you know political field, I'll ask her my advice. Sometimes when I'm making remarks publicly, you know, I will uh, I will make my remarks to her <laughs> and just ask her, "What do you think?" Well, I should I you know should I go from a different angle? So so again, it's, it's mutual love and respect for each other. I think that is wonderful. Tell us the journey about your son. I'm sorry. Tell us the journey about your son as he is uh, now uh, been called to God himself. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I found out uh, shortly after my 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 mother passed away. Um, my son, uh, I was at church, and my son uh, walked down the aisle to sit at the seat. You know, in the traditional Baptist church, after the preacher preaches, you know, the doors of the church are open, and you can either come and join church or you can come and make a statement. That's something you want to make a statement about. And when I saw him coming down the aisle, I, I was really concerned. I said, I wonder what this is about, you know. And he actually, uh, at that time, accepted his call to the ministry, uh, which was shocking. I mean, I just did not see that coming. Now, he's always been a good kid. Never had any issues with him in school, never had any of the problems that, um, that, that we hear about sometimes in, in other families, thank God, you know. Never had a problem with him with drugs or anything like that. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, he, he accepted his call to the ministry. And during his first sermon, I, I found out that uh, he'd actually been writing sermons since he was like 12 or 13 years old. Wow. And I would, he was an athlete. And I would wonder at times why at night I would see his light on in his room um, when he should be getting rest because he'd have to get up so early in the morning for practice and things of that nature. Uh, and then I found out when he preached his first sermon that he was actually writing sermons at that age um, uh, and, you know, at night. And so, you know, the journey has been that he is, you know, he's um, accepted. Again, he's, he's been preaching and serving the community uh, with different outreach programs, giving away food, giving away to uh, 
school supplies and things of that nature. And um, and now he's close, you know, to closing on his own facility. So he's just a great young man that has a great ministry. And I look forward to uh, to him being uh, very successful well, when, know, as, uh, as time goes on. As soon as he opens, we want him on the air. We want him to talk about his vision for what he's doing. And, and would you please invite him for me? I certainly would. I'd be more than happy to. Gilbert. I think the listeners would love to know. And, and I can't let you go without asking you something. Mr. Clark Cummins, nobody has their finger on the pulse of what's going on more than you. What is going on in Austin? And how do we get through this? I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, and I don't mean it from a political point. I just mean from a, I mean, here you have all these people, their colleagues, and they got to be mad at each other, right? I mean, they got to be, there's got to be this whole level of distrust and brokenness. How do we repair that and get yeah, past it? Yeah, I'm having, I'm having somewhat. I'm in a, I'm in an airport in, in Reno. I'm having somewhat of a problem. But what, what was your problem? Well, your I guess I'm just saying when you look in Austin, all these legislators, it's getting so mean and everything. You know, how do we get them back together for the betterment of all the people? Yeah, well, well, here is it. Here is the, here is the problem, uh, and and unfortunately, I think a lot of it um, started with um, with the former president. People are more concerned about politics than they actually are uh, about the constituents that they are in office to serve. Um, you know, Gilbert, I said some years ago, and I've been I've been in the union business and have been elected for over 40 years. I've never lost a union election, and I believe that's because I've always said when I got into a position where I felt like people were working for me instead of uh, me working for them, it was time for me to go. Uh, it's time for a lot of these politicians to go. Uh, because they're more concerned about working for themselves and thinking that we work for them instead of them working for us. Uh, we need uh, uh, elected officials who are willing to sit in a room and work through their issues and put their politics aside. And a good example is this, uh, this voter, uh, voter suppression bill that, uh, that is being passed. The truth of the matter is uh, the 24-hour voting that took place in Houston uh, that affected everybody. You know, I've, I've had people come to me that, that are really um, not understanding what this, um, what this bill is about. I've had some say, well, you know, what's wrong with people of color showing an ID? This is, a, this, is, this is not about voter ID. It is not about voter ID. This is about our democracy. Our democracy is under attack, which affects all races, right? And the 24-hour voting, for example, affected everybody. It affected white people. It affected African Americans. It affected a Middle Eastern community that lives in our city. The people that are disabled. It affects everybody. But, but because people of color use it more than other ethnicities, this is why uh, we have uh, the Republican Party. You know that is trying to de uh, destroy our democracy. Uh, just because they want to hold on to power. This is about power and economics and nothing else. And I know we're about to run out of time, but I'd be more than happy to to engage in conversation with you, you know, in the future about it. Gilbert. I'm going to bring you back, if you don't mind, because I think our listeners want to know, at the end of the day, listeners, when you have the greatest right. democracy that the history of the planet has ever had, we need to make it easier for people to vote, easier to register, and easier for their voice to be heard. Period. That's right. what this great country's all about. Right. And you talk about me, but you have a good handle on this also. 
And, uh, and I've been listening to your shows, and I think you've done a great job, but I think you should focus more, too, on not only what's, what's taking place in Austin, but what's taking place in Houston, you know, as far as our, our politics and in the county. Because there are things going on that could be done better uh, if we had, um, you know, people that were really concerned about the community and not about themselves. But you and I can get into a conversation about that at a later date. Listeners, you heard it here first. We're going to talk more about it. This is a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday, 11 to 11.45. You're going to hear Whitney as we close, 281-837-2222. I want to hear from you. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Thank you. Facebook, I hope you enjoyed that show. Uh, I did. Pastor Ben Lewis is amazing. Wonderful man. Wonderful man. And what a pleasure and honor to have uh, Clark Cummins call and talk about a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. That's him. And whether it's from 50 years of experience of being married or whether it's the 40-odd years of having been a labor official and being involved in making the community better for people, just a gentleman and a gem. I thank you for everyone who listens. Please spread the word. This is a different radio show. We want your input. We want to, to know and we want to put it on the air what's going on in the community. Like my friends at LULAC talked about um, Heritage Day, Hispanic Heritage Day on Friday, September 17th. Next Monday, I'm going to give away about four tickets for the Astros versus Arizona. Again, I want to thank Gracie Signs and I want to thank Jumpin' Jess Rodriguez who brought it to my attention because that's important. And LULAC does so much great work. There's chapters everywhere because there's a lot of work to be done. And it's not just LULAC, right? We've got them all with the NAACP and other great organizations. This is KWWJ, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. And again, it's talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday, 11 to 11.45. And you can call me at 281-837-2222. That's 281-837-ALL-2s. 2 And then again, email me anytime with anything. I'll say it on the air. A tip from Gilbert. No dots, no nothing. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Spread the word. And we'll see you next week.